And we are live on another edition of All In on High School Sports. Jennifer Valenti, Kurt Valenti, how are you tonight? I'm well, how are you? Uh, we got our first comment from our great <laughs> friend and co-host of the K&K Sports Show, Mr. Kirkpatrick from Maryland. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the greatest high school sports talk on earth. Thank you, Kenny, and thanks for watching, as always. Um, hey, we are back on a, you know, we're back on a Tuesday night, but... Bad snowy weekend. Kenny, I think, got hit with some snow down there, this whole area. So, uh, you know, it's a little different, you know, a little little different weekend we had. I mean, watching football, but a little shovel in the driveway and stuff like that. Um, Coach Breslin, good evening, Jenny and Kurt. Looking forward to a great show. Thanks, Coach Breslin, and thank you for watching as well. Absolutely, Coach. Hope all is well. Um, so what, what do we got on the agenda tonight? We have two fantastic guests slated for this evening. We are actually going to go out of state with our first guest. We will be welcoming Coach Dave Logan to the program. He is a high school football coach with um, over 25 years of coaching experience at the high school level in Colorado. Um, an illustrious program that we'll tell a little bit more about when he arrives in a few minutes. Um, but he is also a former NFL player and ironically for Mr. Kurt Valenti, the voice of the Denver Broncos out in Colorado. So because Kurt listens to his show mm -hmm. daily, we were aware of his high school coaching yes. um, gig. So we did reach out and we are thrilled to have him um, accept our invite and join us this evening. Awesome. And then our second our guest second tonight. Our second guest will be um, David Cordoba, former wrestler at Kearney High School. So this is nice tonight. Bronco it fan, is. Broncos, Actually, Kearney, like working Kearney. episode. Yeah. <laughs> the Car the Carney connection and the Denver it. connection. Um, but he is a former standout new wrestler in New Jersey, but up from Carney High School. Um, and he is the owner of the Cordoba Trained Wrestling Club. So we'll be talking to him about high school wrestling and his club, of course, in particular. Yeah, and you know what? Like, um, you know, we've always heard, you know, wrestling where, you know, you, I mean, listen, from a little... You know, from when you're that little level of, okay, you're going to go and obviously through your high school and stuff, but those wrestling clubs have always been popular. And it's mm -hmm. just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And mm -hmm. now with the whole, with the girls, Girl with wrestling, yep. um, Kenny's asking, is it Kurt's birthday today? No, it's not <laughs> my birthday, Kenny. Not my birthday. Uh, just show just happened to work out like that I tonight. know, it's funny. I did, actually, we didn't really even realize that till we were just doing it now. I didn't realize yeah. it anyway, the both connections there. I see Kenny almost commented about, also comments about the snow melting fast in yeah. Maryland. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I went to school in Virginia, and when we had snow there, you would get, on the rarity we had snow, let me rephrase, like the next day, we'd be like in shorts. It'd like be, you know, and it'd all be gone. So, but it would shut down. And talk about snow. There's actually <laughs> snow in Colorado right now, so hopefully we get coach yes, on with no yes, problem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He has to get home from his radio gig, and uh, we'll thank him, of course, when he's on, but... He's, he's squeezing us in tonight, for sure. So we're working with the time zones. We're working with his schedule. And as always, we really appreciate uh, that from all Big of our news coaches. from Dr. John. Dr. John, hope all is well. And his news is... So big news. Coach Pierre at Irvington, um, Gogarty at Cedar Grove, and Lamont at Caldwell were named the New Jersey Football Association's Coaches of the Year, meaning their peers elected them. Oh, that's, that's awesome. That's fantastic. And you know what? I love, Dr. John is always great for giving us like, you know, good 
news that's like you know current and so thank you coach for uh for dropping that in there but i love that they are nominated by their peers yes. because it speaks volumes about what they do so that's fantastic and on the football front you have some some breaking news yeah a little breaking news um one of our good friends at the show, obviously, always uh, associated with Ramapo and stuff like that. But Coach Brian Gibbs today uh, became the offensive coordinator at St. Joe's. So, um, you know, congratulations to Coach Gibbs. Um, Coach Breslin's actually saying congratulations to the three coaches. And Coach Lamont, if I'm not mistaken, of Caldwell, actually just announced his retirement this week from uh, from the program. Well, you so know what? It's a great it's a great way to go, go out. out. Absolutely. Undefeated, Absolutely. top team, top staying this team, top uh, top team in the state. Yep. But uh, you know, a shout out to Coach Gibbs. Um, you know, and again, we remember that game with uh, the Northern Highlands, the uh, sectional final. And, uh, you know, him and the assistants there, Coach Breslin, all the coaches obviously there, Coach Acapente, um, you know, did an outstanding job. So, um, you know, hey, congratulations to Coach, and uh, excited to see, you know, see what we could do at St. Joe's as the OC. Mm -hmm. Our great friend Matt Staffiero from the Colorado area. Good evening, K&K fam. What's going oh. on, Matt? Mr. Safiero, I hope you heard who one of our guests was this evening. I'm not sure if you were tuned in from the very beginning, but great timing because we will be having uh, Dave. I'm, I'm going to call him Coach Dave. Coach Logan, Dave Logan. But uh, on the Denver radio circuit, I'm sure he's known as you know the Dave Logan. <laughs> Dr. John Irvington Golden Knights Wrestling Club, really great feeder program for us. IHS wrestling back to back. SEC Liberty Division champions wouldn't happen without the club team. Oh, very nice. Nice. Well, you know what? That's going to be kind of a topic for us yeah. this evening. And, um, you know, we follow Cordoba Wrestling, um, or Cordoba Trained, I should say, on social media. And um, it's, you know, you see you see kids from all over, obviously, but when you have, like, a feeder program that can go right into your high school. Um, but just the importance of it in uh, in high school sports in general, in yep. all sports. The, that club circuit is become has been and is becoming even more important. So, um, and then Matt saying the voice of the Broncos. Absolutely, so, yep. Play by play, right on the KOA play by radio. play, yes. and the uh, the uh, his afternoon show, which is awesome, which has become part of our dinner. You know, we'll, <laughs> know. we'll tell him tonight. It's usually Bella, you, me, and Alfred, and uh, and Dave. You know, oh, so funny. It's part with that that part of the that side of the show. So we are giving Coach Logan time to safely get home from his. Um, from his radio gig, so he will be joining us shortly. Um, but I wanted to follow up with, we did a couple of topics two weeks ago. Coach okay. Breslin joined us, and one of our topics was about multi-sport athletes. And I feel like the timeliness of that topic with the football, with the NFL playoffs, um, you know, well, was very timely. Um, because you actually, if I'm not mistaken, sent me a picture. I have of, to try to find it. Of the. Because I send you a lot of pictures. <laughs> of the. It was the divisional semifinals, right? So there were eight quarterbacks represented, if yes, I'm not mistaken. Yes, it, it was the divisional round. And the six of them were multi-sport athletes in high school, right? And Matt's given us a good update. It's snowing pretty heavy. He lives uh, about 15 <laughs> minutes from the studio. So, And um, after that, we saw, I saw something posted, and I sent it to you. I I'm going to try to find it while you're talking. Okay, about one of the top football recruits in the country at quarterback. Is, is Arch Manning the top quarterback recruit, or can we just say one of the top quarterback recruits? 
for his class. For his, I would say, I would say he's well, the he's top. One of he's the definitely top, yeah, one of them. But I would say he's the so top. So of him playing basketball, right, and dunking in front of um, some of the scouts that were there to see him. That was kind of something we touched upon too. That yep. multi-sport athletes, when they're being recruited, the coaches might come see them play their other sports. So it was very timely, um, and I think that that kind of speaks volumes about. The importance um, of playing multiple sports. As usual, I do not have that picture. Um, Coach Brethren is saying, yes, we talked about him on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot find that right now, but I want to say it was, was it six out of eight of the quarterbacks that were in the divisional I, round yeah. yes. that were, um, they played all three sports. And there was one, I want to say it was Stafford. One of them played four. Um I can't find it now. It was like football and baseball or football and basketball. Yeah, there wasn't mistaken. really there wasn't many that were fe- football, baseball, basketball. Right, but, but um, those were the the representatives. And here's the one I sent you: Arch Manning dunking in front of Nick Saban and Kirby Smart. So that was him playing basketball, um, which is I mean, don't if you can't find it, you can't find it. But the the point is, there was there's Doctor John the Arch is the number one. Is no. the number one national Hello. recruit in his class. I didn't want to go on a limb and say that he was the number one. I, I was assuming just with the name alone. You but, know what? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there for you, okay? Because you know they've always said it's been up oh, there's doc, there's a uh, coach Bezen. I'll see if I could find it. But there's they've always said again Elway Manning, um, Luck, and then Trevor Lawrence were the four. Uh, you know I guess graded quarterbacks to can't miss prospects to come out of the you know the combine going into the NFL mm-hmm. will arch be even higher not you know just with, with listen the manning pedigree and all that kind of stuff do you think he'll be higher I'm not going to say the man you know over Peyton or Elway or even luck but I'll go Trevor Lawrence or him do you think he'll be graded higher than I, Trevor I don't Lawrence? know I think that's an impossible thing to you know, predict at this point. You know, he's coming in highly touted, of course, coming into uh, college highly touted, but I think it depends on a lot of factors. You know, um, a lot of things can happen. So could he be? Of course. But um, he, you know, has to continue to develop, and that's going to be what, you know, I mean, he's got he's got the pedigree. Well, he's got so the pedigree. That's what I'm saying. And he's got I mean, he's got the resources to help him continue to develop beside his college with just his family. Um, but you know, kind of remain. And you have to hope he doesn't get injured, of course, as well. Right. On wood, you know, just a lot of crazy things can happen. So, but he will be um, one it's of a possibility. Right. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I I think we we watched we, him play a little. Yeah, 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 we definitely. Yeah, but you know, like just looking back real quick, you know, I think obviously Trevor Lawrence. Um, the other guy I would say is on a college basketball level, the last one going from high school to uh, college had to be Zion. And just that was an absolute circus, like having him at Duke. And I'm listening, it was great. It was like, I mean, they were rock stars, you know, yeah. like it was wherever we went to go see him live in Virginia. I'm gonna, can I tell a quick story? Sure. While we, so we did. I will have to say that one of the best gifts that Kurt Valenti ever purchased me was Duke UVA tickets in Charlottesville, Virginia, when Zion, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish were playing for Mike Krzyzewski. Now, keep in mind, I'm saying that not because I'm a Duke fan, because I'm a University of Virginia fan. Which the year they won the national championship, they had Ty Jerome, Kyle Guy, Mamadi Diakite. I'm forgetting the one from uh, who plays for Atlanta now. DeAndre. Hunter. Andre Hunter, right? 
awesome year. I think they lost two games that year, both to Duke. Yeah. And the one we went to was a loss. They won. The, <laughs> they won, actually didn't win the ACC championship that year, did they? I'm trying to remember because we went, we saw they them. They didn't win, win the we ACC. We saw the year before. They yeah. lost, and right, but we saw them at uh, our other great Colorado yeah. friend from oh, nice. the Rocky Mountain <laughs> Sports Network, uh, David Slade. Good evening. Looking forward to the show with Coach Logan. Oh, nice. Very nice. Hopefully, we get him on really shortly. I know it is snowing there. Yeah. We, we heard it on the radio tonight. So, uh, but okay, go over, give well, me your story. But the you know point being that I was so excited to. Be back in Charlottesville. Just to be back in Charlottesville was exciting enough, but I hadn't been at the new arena since they built the new basketball arena. Seeing the team that was like number one in the country, UVA, so excited, such a fan of the sport the, of Coach Bennett, and to see them against Duke, you know, the possibility of watching them beat Duke, you know, and right. just love watching, a blessing to beat Duke anywhere, but to be able to witness it with that team would have been fantastic. But of the two losses they had that year, that was one of them. <laughs> No, but the thing that's crazy is we're talking about this. LeBron showed up at the game. Right, LeBron Rajon Rondo. Rondo. Yeah. yeah, but going into that, like, you know, I guess going, you know, we're talking about Arch Manning, but we even say for high school, I mean, you know, again, you got the, the Manning name, the pedigree, all that stuff, but you turn around now, is it going to be where, like, like Zion's, I, I bet you Zion at Duke probably got more quote-unquote coverage and stuff than he does when he's in New Orleans. Right. I mean, think about yeah. it. They were national yeah. on you know national TV as much as they can, report. I mean, the place yeah. it was like when we were down there. I mean, UVA won the national title that year. But everything was, hey, we're here to watch Duke. I right. mean, that's what it was. Like LeBron was there to see Zion. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know? You know, so, like, yeah exactly. So it was, uh, but yeah, so it was, it was, uh, that was a, that was a fun experience, but it was just it's just funny how that was a loss. <laughs> um, yeah, but it was listen it, again. It was a great atmosphere, and uh, you know, let, let's get into one more of the topics we were talking about. And uh, I know Coach Breslin can make a little statement. There's Johnny Beelin, best <laughs> solo in the game. Ah, <laughs> saying hoops, Thank throwing you, shade, Beelan. throwing Throw, shade, always throwing shade. So actually, one of the other topics when Coach Breslin was on, we had a bunch of topics, and we ran through about six of them, and we had a few more. So one of those that we were going to visit at that time was, and Coach Breslin can definitely speak to this, and yes. we've actually spoken to him about it before, is in COVID times, um, when athletics did start back up, a lot of schools were streaming their their games so that people who couldn't, when they limited crowd capacity or made or there was no crowds allowed at all people were still able to enjoy the games so we have the topic of is that something that schools will continue to do now right you know even though crowds are back allowed it's almost as if i i really don't believe there's any high school i don't want to say that there aren't any but i i think the 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 um sanctions have kind of been lifted you know there's you're going to games, you're in the crowds, there's not really any, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Rules? Uh, restrictions. Restrictions, right? right? So should they continue to live stream games? That's the question. You know what? I, you know, I, I guess I'm going to say this. By the way, Beelan's saying, yes, the school should continue to do it, make it a program out of school. That's I, a great idea. I yeah. love that idea that it could be linked to the students who maybe have like an affinity for that type of technology or maybe want to go into that career. I think that's what he's saying, right? Yeah. Dr. John, I went to college at the University of Washington with Hope Solo. Regardless of gender, she was the best overall athlete I've ever seen compete across a plethora of sports. 
There you go. I did not know that. I didn't know that either. Very cool. And I wonder if, uh, again, she was getting a lot of like like the Zion type of attention, you right. know, because of the uh, level. But again, back to that. At. See, I like it. I'll be honest with you. I like the streaming part. You see, I know people are going to say, well, you know, you may lose people at a gate. They're not going to go. But you're, the kids are still going to go, right? They, and Dave's saying, teach the kid, teach the students um, sports, you know, broadcasting. Yeah. Um, Dr. John, we will. There's a ton of reason why streaming will continue. I think so too. You know, you, the students are still going to go. You know what I mean? You're not going to have, okay, listen, a Friday, we've always said a Friday night or a Saturday afternoon, it's an event to go to the high school mm -hmm. football game, right? So you're going to go to that. But you also may have like older people who don't want right, to be in the cold right. or people who really can't go and, you know, walk far, park, you know, a mile and walk. So they want to watch the game. Or even out of state. You know, uh, family members that live out of state or just not in a, a I'm going to make up a word, travelable distance um, to get there. You know, right. it affords them the opportunity to see it. Yeah. Coach Breslin, it's feasible. I still think it's a good idea to do it. Yes, including the students is helpful. Sometimes getting them to do it after hours is difficult. Mm -hmm. We'd have to make it part of the class and then understanding that coming at night is part of it. Mm -hmm. Dr. John, two main streaming platforms that are used, NFHS and Huddle. Coach Breslin. Ooh, I did not oh, sorry. realize. I didn't. I knew NFHS. Obviously, they're very popular. I didn't realize. Obviously, Huddle for, from a coaching standpoint, but I did not realize that they were doing like live streaming. I didn't. I right. didn't know that. Oh, that's interesting. You know, Coach Breslin. You know, saying uh, agree that showing it to grandparents or and this is a, you know family out of state make it very helpful. How mm -hmm. many people like you know what I'm saying whether it's grandparents or aunts or uncles they're out of state what can they come really come see watch one game right you know now you can watch hey friday night you could watch your nephew your niece your game every week well i'm, I'm gonna say a little something else actually even and i'm thinking of this tonight while we were prepping for the show i was scrolling through twitter and i can't remember who oh it was our partners at jersey sporting news actually posted that today february 1st is the anniversary of Kristen samoji the basketball player from the 1990s who broke the all-time new jersey scoring record ironically broke her father's record he did not have a three-point line she was a phenomenal three-point shooter and okay. um the uh, what you want to tell me what it's? Oh no, no! I'm saying yeah. uh, Dave just saying he's trying to log on. Okay, okay. Um, so okay, is he having? Make sure he has problem? the info. Okay. See, I like what Beelan's saying here, and I'm big with this. Town should make a town pro shop and have all different types of shirts, hoodies, etc. Get people to go that don't go to the games to watch it. Make it stream with news and updates. I like that. You know, both are affordable option. NFHS charges twenty five hundred a year for five years of service. Huddle Focus, their streaming platform is 2000 per year. We can all afford that. It's not a bad price. Right. No, absolutely. And my point getting back to the Kristen Samoji story was that um, my father, you know, I was a basketball player and he used to take me to see tons of games. I, you know, credit that with making me a student of the game in high school. Okay. And just as important as practicing was watching and... I'm pretty sure we were at the game where she broke the record. I actually asked him tonight, but he did not confirm that. But, you know, if it was COVID times or, you know, I had a game, like, what if I, wouldn't you want to watch a game like that? You know, like, not everybody maybe could get there, but maybe you would want to watch a game like that. You know, right. like, I think in this day and age, we could make that, you know, watchable and, and reach a grander audience, you know. But and, see, I like Beelan's idea. Mm -hmm. I really do. You know, have a little, you know, I know, I think Garfield did it low and I did it a little where you would go in and they would have, not like a store, 
uh, themselves, I think, where okay. uh, not a store themselves, but have a little school store somewhere else instead yeah. of like on the campus, you know, yeah. and do something like that. And I like that idea. You know, I wonder if there's, you know, in Texas and Florida, if they do have some stuff like mm -hmm. that, you know. All right. So Coach Logan has arrived. So I'm going to admit him. Okay. And we will formally introduce him to our audience. His audio is getting connected, it looks like. Just give him a moment. Okay. Hi, Coach. Okay. Can you hear us? Hey, I can hear you guys. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. Perfect. How are you? I, um, well, I apologize for being a couple minutes late. We got a snowstorm here, and then I, I couldn't. I don't know what I did, but it wouldn't <laughs> let me uh, join. So I don't no know. worries. We're so glad you made it. And ironically, before I officially introduce you to our audience, um, I know in our email correspondence, I told you that my husband Kurt is a huge Denver Broncos fan. So we actually yes. we actually listen to you most times we're eating dinner. I have to tell you. So you're I part feel of like our you're dinner. Part crew. Of our dinner. So <laughs> wow. I, I think you guys have to revisit really what, what your dinner is about. <laughs> I'm not going to uh, like, but sometimes I think the same thing. <laughs> I'm sure. But Let me the, see if I can get this. Uh, the irony is we were aware of your weather situation because a few times oh, as, as we're okay. listening, right. I, I hear, oh, snow is expected. And I look at Kurt and I go, we're getting snow. And then I'm like, wait a minute. We're listening to Denver radio. <laughs> yes. Yes, of course. Of course. Let me, I'll shut this door one, one quick moment. Okay. okay. No problem. Um, while Coach is doing that, I am going to officially introduced. So we are joined by Coach Dave Logan. He is a former NFL player playing in the league for nine seasons. He is currently the voice, as we told you, of the Denver Broncos as the play-by-play -play commentator for KOA Radio, where he also hosts a daily sports radio show. He is here tonight to discuss his high school football coaching, where he's been a Colorado head high school football coach since 1993, all at the 5A level, which is the largest school size in Colorado. He has amassed 10 state titles at four different schools which is a national record including two three-peats one three-peat being his current high school which is cherry creek he is also tied for the most state titles in colorado history um and he is the only coach to do that in the nation so far at four different schools so coach you know your your accolades speak volumes and thank you so much for joining us tonight oh my pleasure appreciate uh, appreciate you guys having me on uh we got a comment from matt staffiero um from the Rocky Mountain Sports Network saying, Creek, let's go. And Kenny Kirkpatrick, Coach Logan, I am best friends with Kurt, and I can tell you I've never seen Kurt more excited for a guest on All In on High School Sports <laughs> Show. So. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Thank you. That's uh, that's nice to hear. And John Bielan is saying, he's given us a, a little uh, history that here, saying, good. did you know Coach Logan is one of three people to be drafted by three major sports? We're actually Man. going to get that to that in one of my questions this evening. <laughs> so, right. Coach, thank you so much for coming on. Like Jen says, I am a diehard Bronco fan here in Jersey. Yes, it is true. So it is an honor to have you on like that to, to, to talk with you. But um, your accomplishments as a coach, as a head football coach, like Jen was reading before, it's just uh, extraordinary. And my first question is, um, most coaches would love to win one title at one place. Um, you've done it, like Jen said, multiple times at multiple schools. So I guess two-part question. First is, what do you cr credit your success to and then if you could just talk about where you are now, the, um, the Cherry uh, Creek program. Well, I mean, I think, um, I think in order to have any, any kind of success in football at any level, um, 
you have to have a good foundation uh, of really what your belief system is. Um, and with, with kids this age, you're talking about young men, you know, 15, maybe 14 in ninth grade, 14, 15, 16, and 17. You know, you obviously want to teach them as many football skills as you possibly can. You also, I think, look at this as an opportunity to teach them some life lessons um, to help them uh, sort of navigate this crazy world. And, and um, you want to try to win some games. Obviously, these kids work hard, coaches work hard. And so that's important as well. But it's not the most important thing. I just think being a good role model, being able to uh, connect with your young guys at, at various levels. Uh, I think it's important, obviously, as a head coach that you put together a staff that shares your belief system, the staff that understands how important this role is being a, a coach, whether a head coach or assistant coach to, to young guys this level. And I've been fortunate enough to have, <clears throat> excuse me, a number of my guys that have that have stayed with me for 20 plus years. So you build continuity. Uh, they have an understanding of, of how uh, I do things and I do for them as well. Um, and so you, you tinker with the system every single year, but the foundation, your beliefs and how you, you go about uh, coaching these young guys, that really, that's been in place for quite some time. Nice. And coach, what are your expectations for your student athletes, both on and off the field? I think it's important that, uh, you stress that, that football is not the end all be all. Um, I love football. I think football is the greatest game in the world. I think it teaches kids to, um, to work together as a group. I think it te teaches kids to be selfless, to put uh, what's best for the team in front of what's best for themselves. Um, too often today in the NFL, and I'm, I'm a, you know, a guy that, as you said, played in the NFL for a long time, uh, and I think it's great, and I don't begrudge these young guys making as much money as they can because I know how hard the game is. But there's too much in my estimation of the uh, me, me, me uh, sort of thing. And that's, to me, that is counterproductive to putting together a team and having young guys understand that, you know what, you might not get everything you want, but it has to be, if you're going to be successful, you've got to embrace the process that we're in. And then uh, you've got to put the team goals in front of the individual goals. So, uh, and then in terms of off the field, I mean, I, you know, I think a lot of the young guys that I've coached over 29 years would tell you that um, I expect them to uh, not to do anything that would ever embarrass themselves or their family uh, or anybody in the coaching staff or the school that they represent. And I think that in terms of uh, one of the benefits of being a coach with respect to what players, I mean, players normally speaking, you don't have any issues with players or very few issues on the field, right? And so when players have an issue, let's say in a classroom, uh, what I ask normally is, hey, uh, this happened. Is this how you would respond to something I asked you to do or a question that I posed or a comment that I made? And more, more often than not, the answer to that is no. And so I say, well, listen, you know what? Um, the teacher deserves the same amount of respect that you give me and that you give other coaches out here. We are just, we are teachers with whistles. So um, yeah, I think, I think, you know, to conduct yourself in a way both on and off the field that would make your family proud. 
And Coach, I have a follow-up question for you before Kurt's next question is about multiple sport athletes, actually. It's a topic we discuss a lot on this show. We were both multiple sport athletes, and right now there's a lot of um, focusing on one sport, right? And um, so we wanted to kind of pose that question to you and get your thoughts on it as not only were you a professional football player, you were drafted, um, potentially drafted right out of high school, if I'm not mistaken, for baseball, and you were a dual Division I sport athlete for basketball and football so can you kind of speak to your thoughts on um specialization versus playing multiple sports sure i and i'm a big believer uh in this topic i think i feel very strongly about this i think i probably am in the minority but it has not lessened uh me being vocal about that and speaking my mind when i talk to parents uh i'm i i believe you are much better off uh, participating in multiple sports. Um, I do not believe in the specialization of any particular sport. I think you run the risk of burning that young boy or young girl out. I think you run the risk in a much uh, greater way of developing chronic uh, injuries because of repetitive, repetitive motion. Uh, I think to go out and play another sport, we are increasing our competitiveness which I think that's one thing that we as coaches, uh, you know, we have to teach at times our, our young people. And I, I, I coach primarily boys. So we have to teach our young guys that, you know what, this is, this is all about competition. I mean, I, I've said so many times over the years that when you have starters that are returning uh, after having a successful year, that's great. But last year is done. Uh, you're, not, you're not guaranteed a starting position. You've got to come out and compete every single day in practice. And I think by doing that, we hopefully prepare our, our people, our guys to compete in the real world when their, their sport, uh, when their career is, is done. But as far as playing multiple sports, yes, I'm, I'm a big believer of that. And, and too often we see, sometimes it's parents, sometimes it's uh, club coaches, sometimes it's individual coaches. I get it. I mean, I get it. Uh, if you work on something you know, over and over and over and over again, you would think that you'd have a pretty good chance to, to improve. And, I, and I, I agree to a certain extent, but I think what we're seeing now is parents and, and other coaches that are saying, in order to become this, you have to spend this much time at a young age doing that. Listen, how, I mean, the percentage of being professional athletes for these kids that are 12, 13, 14 years old is... Um, really small and i think you're doing again just a personal opinion i think you're doing a disservice to that young female athlete or male athlete by concentrating only on one sport the last thing i would say is i've seen too many times where a kid that has been concentrating on one sport since they were about nine by the time they're 15 you know what for whatever reason they don't like the sport anymore Mm -hmm. and then What's the fallback plan? Because you haven't you haven't participated in other sports. You haven't learned other skills. You haven't learned uh, other uh, things that that could be of value to you. So absolutely, I think multiple sport participation is uh, absolutely essential. Uh, Dr. John uh, Taylor, our good friend, is uh, making a comment saying you're not in the minority, Coach. I think most high school coaches agree with you. I find most most of that pressure for playing one sport comes from parents and club coaches. He's the athletic director at Irvington High School. Okay. Uh, um, David Slade saying uh, Coach Logan is a 
uh, high school legend here in Colorado, Matt Staffiero. I remember the Mullen days. Dave's asking, Coach, was college coaching college ever a possibility for you? Um, you know, when I first when I first uh, interviewed in 1993 to be a head coach, um, that that seemingly was the narrative on the outside that I was just. Uh, jumping in after my NFL career and I was going to coach high school football and use that as a stepping stone to go coach college or beyond. And, and frankly, that, that was not, that narrative was on the outside. That was never part of, part of my narrative. Um, I just always wanted to work with high school kids. My dad was a youth coach. Uh, unfortunately he passed before I became a head coach, but we had many conversations about the importance of giving back to to young people, working with them and trying to teach them various sports and, and mentor mentoring them, and so that's really what I want to do. I've had I've had opportunities. I've uh, I've had uh, I was offered the head coaching job at a at a university here in, in the state, and uh, you know one of the one of and I, I've had NFL offers a couple of times to be an assistant coach. I just never you know I never wanted to sort of drag my family through that process i think i think had i you know i think i would have loved it if it had been just me uh i think i would have you know because i love i love the the x's and o's of football i love the strategy it's it's a game of chess on both sides of the ball all the time which really is fascinating to me but uh no frankly i'm i'm very satisfied being a head coach in high school and i i would quite imagine that that will be where i'll end my in my career Okay. Um, Dr. John also, again, he's an athletic director at uh, Irvington High School who just won a state championship uh, in New Jersey. And he's saying, as an athletic coach, as an athletic director, I always try to find ways to support my coaches. What are things you ask from your AD to help you and your players feel appreciated and be put in good position to be successful? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a good question. I, I think in terms of the athletic directors that I've worked for, um, you know, you ask for their support. You ask for them when you have issues with parents and uh, inevitably you will from time to time. Uh, you ask for their support in that. You ask for uh, the kind of support that, that, listen, high school coaches don't coach to make money, right? I mean, we salaries, know that, we know that. Salaries are minuscule. I mean, honestly, you, you know, this is 29 years for me, and I think my salary this year, uh, and it's the top here in Colorado. Uh, I'm off the scale. I think it's like five thousand bucks. Wow. So you got assistant coaches that you try to take care of, um, you know. But I asked, I asked the, I asked for the athletic director to find our sport and, um, you know, the support of our sport to be as important as we feel like it is. Uh, as a head coach, I mean, getting word out to the student body and, and making home games a big deal. We've seen a decline in that really over the years. I mean, even back in the mid seventies when I was in high school, I mean, high school football in Colorado, was, it, it just was the thing to do. And every weekend, yeah. seemingly you had, you had stadiums that were very full. We, we at Cherry Creek draw pretty good crowds for home games, but too often I see other, other schools that don't. And I think part of it is the, uh, the covering of our high school sports. And that's that's part of the media's responsibility as well as generating support from the student body. So just things like that, things that, 
you know, I, I, I've learned a long time ago, I don't worry too much about things that I cannot control. So I just try to, uh, with the things that I can control or have a say in, I just try to be as intentional as I possibly can. I'm just going to piggyback off of what you said because Dr. John is a, a good friend of the show and we follow him on social media as well. And he takes care of all of his programs, yes. I feel like, gives them even all levels as well. So, and That's fact, awesome. And, you know, him commenting like that is, you know, showing that he wants to help yep. um, support his coaches is just, again, speaks volumes as him as a person. And, you know, I feel like you hit the nail on the head, Coach. Like, I coached two varsity sports that were, you know, not not – you know, big time sports, field hockey and, and girls lacrosse. And you know what? My AD was always on my sideline at every home game. Uh, mm. so, you know, would get on the bus before a county game or a state game and wish my team well. And it was those little things. I mean, I loved him. You know, I really did. And uh, it was those little things that, you know, I really look back and, and appreciate. You know, did I love new uniforms? Yeah. But, <laughs> but you know what? The uh, Those little things. So thank you. That was, that was uh, you know. Sure. Um, Coach, my next question, the, the football has definitely been changing over the years, um, you know, high school level, college, even in the professional level, especially on the offensive side of the game, particularly with the quarterbacks, with the mobile quarterbacks and stuff like that. How important is it, would you say, starting from that high school level, that you as the coach and as a coaching staff, that you guys... I guess I want to use the word adapt to what you guys have talent-wise. Because like you said, year to year, it could be totally different. You might have a mobile quarterback. Now you have a pocket quarterback. So how important is it for, for you as a staff to adapt as much to your players you know, and or talent? Yeah, I think that's an excellent question. Um, and I think really, uh, you know, I have seen and coached against and coached with some really smart, smart football people that have been at the high school level. Right. I know from the outside looking in that I, uh, I think at times fans, parents, people that really don't know can look at uh, their team or whatever and say, well, it's just a high school coach. Trust me, I've seen some high school coaches that um, I think know more football than some of their college counterparts, because I've, I've seen these college guys, not all of them but some of them get up on a board when I ask them, Hey, let's talk a little bit about your offense or your defense. What do you like to run? And um, I'm amazed at times of how much and how good high school coaches really are. So, you know, I think that um, uh, I think in terms of adapting, one thing that makes it tougher on high school coaches. Now colleges are starting to get into this because of the early out rule for the NFL but in high school, your roster, in terms of the kids that actually play the most, turns over every couple of years. And as you said, you might have a junior quarterback that is a, a prototypical pocket passer for two years, and so you tailor your offense. You don't change the foundation of what you believe in, but you tailor the offense to suit his particular skill set and the others around him. Well, then the next year, maybe you've got a sophomore quarterback that is more of a mobile threat, a guy that can run. So I think I think the best coaches and the programs that are successful um, are able to recognize during their summer work, their off-season work, as to what sort of personality is this team this year going to have, and then to tailor what you do both on offense and defense to to best suit the those players' skill set. So, you know what your offense might look. I mean, if somebody that scouted you, uh, I know for us, somebody that scouted us you know, a year before and then and then this particular year 
it might not look the same. And that's because really it isn't. The cast of characters has changed dramatically. And so we, we, um, you know, we have to change as well. Judge, and I got to go off script real quick for coach because I was also, I coached high school for football about six, 16, 17 years was an offensive coordinator. And I always was like stealing stuff like watching NFL and this and that. And uh, it was funny. We were watching the past couple of weeks. We we're watching the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan and they're putting, mm. you know, Trent Williams in the off the ball motion in him. And, you know, and, he, yeah. and he's and you're like, wow, like I would steal that. Like, you, I mean, obviously you watch so much football. Do you ever like, you know, like whether it's just watching home being like, yep, I like that. I'm going to incorporate that. Oh, without question. I've done that for the last 29 years. I mean, I, I watch since I became a head coach, I watch football totally differently. Uh, and I watch it with a pad and a pen. That's it, yes. uh, and I've got the, you know, because I'm the play-by-play -play voice of the Broncos, I've got the ability to see they're all 22 stuff yep. with any team that I want. One, one uh, tidbit uh, that's worth mentioning, you mentioned Kyle Shanahan. Of course, my last year in the league, uh, was his dad's first year in the league as wide receiver coach. And he was the wide receiver coach of the Denver Broncos. That was a team that I had just been traded to. And so I became very close with the Shanahan family. In fact, Kyle went to Cherry Creek High School here in Denver. So he is a, he has a large following of fans in the Denver area. But I think he is as creative uh, in terms of what he likes to do on offense uh, as any coach that I've seen in recent memory. And, and what he does that I that I really uh, love to see is that you know he'll he'll give you different formations he'll give you different personnel groupings as you mentioned with Trent Williams in the backfield um, but the foundation of his offense is on power running I mean he's able to run the football with power he did it this year with a lot with Debo Samuel which mm -hmm. is such an unconventional way to do it. But um, yeah, those 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 are the guys that I enjoy watching uh, game plan an opponent because they're very creative. Uh, a lot of window dressing and what the defense is looking at. But it, what it boils down to, if you play them, you better be able to stop the running game. He's not lying. We watch games and he'd be like, I'd be putting that in. <laughs> I love it. Love it. <laughs> love it. That's great. Um, great. Coach, we actually started this show during uh, COVID. It gave us the time to kind of start something we kind of always wanted to do as two former coaches. And our kind of idea behind it was um, highlighting as many players and programs as possible. So would you take a few moments and talk about some of your athletes that played a pivotal role on this year's squad and the season you just had, as well as, if I'm not mistaken, you have some seniors who will be graduating who've committed to play at the next level. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, we've, we've been, uh, I, I should say I've been, we as coaches have been very, very fortunate um, throughout the majority, if not all of our career, is we've been around kids that football is important to. Um, you know, I, I, I have many coaching friends that coach at other schools and have had great careers, but it's, um, it's a challenge to make sure guys get to practice, right? It's a challenge for guys to go to class and to remain eligible so that they can play. And for the most part, you know, that's been something that, that I have found that, that in football where we are, I mean, kids, kids know football is important and they want to do the right thing and they show up for practice. Um, and so this last year, we were able to win the state championship. I had two seniors uh, that have gone on that have signed uh, division one scholarships. One was George Fitzpatrick, 
who uh, is an offensive lineman that is uh, already back in Columbus, signed with Ohio State. Had a senior wide receiver, Kai O'Day, that signed with uh, Colorado State University. Uh, and then and then a handful of guys that signed at, at smaller colleges as well. So, um, you know, and, and coming back, we, we've got, I mean, we were really an underclass dominated team uh, this past year. I think, I think a lot of people um, were surprised that the season turned out the way it did. For us at the end of the season and sometimes you know what you just we, we played four uh four postseason games and we didn't have a single turnover in four games wow. and so our our you know our message is hey, listen if we don't give the game away then a lot of times the other team will give us the game so i was so proud of the kids uh to play we played four good teams and uh, to not have a single turnover it, it it puts you in position, at least gives you a chance to win the game. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, was, I was really proud of this last year's group. Nice. Okay. Coach, I got one more because, again, we're from New Jersey. And uh, obviously – I could never have told by the accent. <laughs> <laughs> New Jersey – listen, we have there's, there's great football in New Jersey. You know, we just had on yep. Bergen Catholic High School. They were, I want to say, they finished number three in the country. And yep. um, But the only thing where a lot of people – I'm not going to say they look down on it a little bit, but the state championships, you know, when we say – you know, we had a couple years ago, and, and New Jersey's working on it. I want to say the next two years it's going to change, but a couple years ago we had something like 23 state sectional championships. So everyone's like, well, I mean, how many state champs can you have? So it's you guys, right, you guys <laughs> kind of go with the class A, class B. I, I, I'm sorry, class, what is it, like five, four, three? Five A, four A, three A. Do you got, like, as a coach, do you like the way it is where you're really playing to, like, a true state champion, or would you, do you think there's there should be more? Because in Jersey, once they start cutting it down, we're not going to have 23. I mean, we're going to have, you know, our parochial is going to be whatever. Seven. But there's going to be seven state champs, not 23. So what's your thoughts on that? Do you like how you guys do it? Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm not familiar with with uh, the New Jersey rules. I mean, you guys had 23 state champions in football. Did we do it? There what it is. We have um, group one, group two, group three, group four, group five, parochial A, parochial B. So there's right? like a north one, group one, a but north each, two, group one. Each group has four sections. And, and the purpose of that is to what? So you, you play to a sectional title rather than these. You have a north. 22, one. Dr. John saying okay. 22 section. We have 22 state sectional champions. You would play to. I a mean, that's more, that's more than California, I think. It, it, um, it's, it's excessive. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. it's really I mean, I, good I, for So like scheduling. a group one team, there's really no group one state champ. Like you could be, like I said, north one, group one, and then you're north two, group two, or in the south, and they're not playing each other. So it's like. You know, there's four Group One state champions. It's kind of yeah. Like that. I again, I'm not familiar with with uh, that. That's the first I've ever heard heard of that. I'm sure there are people uh, in positions of power in New Jersey that could could tell us exactly uh, why that is. But I mean, I like the way we we have it here in Colorado. You have, I believe, it's 42 5A teams, um, and and it's based on the size of your school, your, your enrollment. Uh, we have some schools that have had really traditionally really good football programs that have opted to play up, even though their enrollment is down. And I certainly understand that. I, I just always, you know, for me, it would be that I think kids want to play against the best players they possibly can. And uh, I'm, I'm all about trying to put our kids 
in positions where, I mean, we're, we're, we're now waiting on our week two game. We have a chance to go down uh, and play a really good team in Texas. Now, you know, uh, my mom was from Dallas. And so I have, I have roots in Texas. I'm eminently familiar with Texas high school football. And we, you know, we might be biting off uh, a chunk of the bear's butt that uh, <laughs> is a little bit too savory. So, but I think it's a great experience. Yep. Great experience for my kids. Uh, you know, we try to run it just like a college uh, trip in terms of what they wear. We get to the airport, get to the hotel, bed check, the whole the whole nine. So I, I'm all in favor of it. You know, if you lose a game, you lose a game. But go out and compete with the absolute best teams and give your kids a chance to play in a big stage and hopefully get them ready, at least for some of them, to go on and play college football. And Dr. John saying Jersey has 22 state champions, state sectional champions. California has okay. 14. He's saying 14 for wow. California. Okay. That's a good. I, I don't know how that makes yeah. any sense, exactly. but you know, it is what it is. It That's will. It. it will be changing. Yeah, it will be Jersey, changing. Yeah. So okay. But, um, just an interesting uh, to get a different yep. perspective. Um, Coach, sure. we're gonna do a last little bit with you, if you don't mind, that we call rapid sure. fire. We're gonna throw sure. some some more fast-paced questions at you for a little more fun. Do right, I get so, one-word answers, or are these uh, just you rapid can give, fire? You can give more. I, I think they'll be more. I think they'll require more than one yeah. word. But okay. so, so coach, coach, real quick, we get married. What was it? Seventeen? Right? Was it two thousand eighteen? Yep. We get married two thousand eighteen. You have to ask Jim. I do. I do, you, Coach. You got I do. But yeah. so we That's said. That's why you're not an offensive coordinator anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so we said, "What do you want to do? We're going to go like on a real honeymoon. It was late. School's almost starting." So she said. Want to go to Denver for a few days? Of course, I want to go to Denver. I'm not really sure that that's how that worked, but we'll go. We wound up going to Denver for, and it was awesome. The only thing was, we were we had a little problem, Coach. We didn't find a couple of we we really didn't find a pizza place and a great Italian place when we were down there. So when we go again, can you give me a pizza place and Italian place that we we definitely have to hit up? Oh wow, okay. Um, I live. in in uh, the southern part of the city, so uh, or south of south of downtown. How about that southern part of the city? So I would say we like to go to uh, Perry's Pizza. Matter of fact, we went there last weekend. So I would say uh, I would say that. And man, Italian food. I see. I love really uh, good old fashioned, like home. I have to have the noodles homemade. I, I don't want the you know. I don't want the the canned stuff. So where would I go for really good? There, there's a, uh, you're gonna, I'm going to gag on this too. There's a really good uh, restaurant in downtown Littleton. It's a family owned restaurant and damn, I'm going to gag on the name. Let me think about that. And I'll, I'll let you know before the, hopefully before the show's over, but it is really, it's quaint and excellent homemade Italian okay. food. Thank you. Yep. We we stayed right in the heart of, of Denver, right? Not far from that, that strip, right, where you did all the little sh- – I can't remember what – I can't remember the 16th name. Street Mall. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Definitely. Yep. Yeah. So, so you you're, know, pro- you're probably 20 uh, – you, I would be 25 minutes or so. Okay. South. All right. Okay. Yep. So, and I think we ate – is there an Elway's in Cherry Creek now that I'm thinking yes. of it? Yes. Yes. I yes. just was thinking – I think that's the one that yeah. we ate at, if I'm not mistaken, right? Okay. Yeah. Just all coming I, I, back to me. And I've we, heard of that guy. <laughs> 
So what's funny is with the pizza question is we went, um, you know, we're Jersey people. We go to Manhattan a lot. We live like, you know, there's pizza, there's pizzeria after pizzeria where we're from. You can get a slice anywhere. So one night Kurt's like, well, let's just get a slice. And like, we couldn't find a place that would sell us just a slice of pizza. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow. It was like a pie or like, I mean, I'm serious when I say like, we could go like in any five minutes in any direction. It was, it was, uh, it was eye opening for these Jerseyans. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you one one place. It's not the place I was thinking of, but there's you, you guys will love this. And he's a good friend of mine that owns it. There's a place in Littleton called Big Bill's New York Style Pizza, and they have excellent excellent food. The pizza is outstanding, um, and uh, I think you guys will like that too. When you when you come out here. Hit me up, and I'll make sure I get you there. There you oh, go. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Coach, do you have any uh, game day superstitions or rituals? Game day superstition or ritual? Um, hmm. I, I, I did as a player, uh, I, but I pretty much do exactly the same thing for every game as a coach. Come in. Uh, I don't. I, I'm dressed like in sweats. And then uh, we'll go to my office, shut the door, uh, look at the last little bit of tape. And, and coaches are like, Coach, the game plan's already in. And I know, I know. But I'm just <laughs> looking to see if I can just see one thing about the opponent's films that would stick in my mind that would help uh, me help our kids during the game. Then put the, put the coaching attire on and, and uh, off to battle we go. Okay, my next one. Um... And I promise I wasn't going to talk much about this, but I have to ask you this, and please give me hope on this one. Is there a chance, and just a chance, that I will finally be buying my Aaron Rodgers Bronco jersey this season? Um, yes, okay. I think there is. I will I take that. Is. I will listen, take it just I, like that. I was on the air doing a show right before we started the draft because we, obviously, doing the Bronco games, we carry – we carry the draft as well. And so I got two texts from two uh, people that are that I'm close to, not in Denver, and said, hey, this thing is really close to happening. And so I got very excited before the draft and said, "I, you know what, I'm not so sure this might not happen. Now, obviously it didn't, but I do think that Aaron Rodgers has put himself in a position to where he now has the leverage to decide what he wants to do. Does he want to go back to Green Bay? They're well over the salary cap. Uh, they've got to decide what they're going to do with Devontae Adams. He says the best player he's ever played with. So at this point in his career, would he like a change? Would he like to go to a different scenario? Um, my, my gut tells me the answer to that is yes. Now, I do think there'll be other teams other than the Broncos that would have an interest, obviously, in a guy like Aaron Rodgers. But I think Denver is in a good position. Salary cap-wise, they're about $45 million under the salary cap. They have... Uh, draft choices available, and they have good young players as well. So, I yes, I will give you some hope. I think okay. that is a possibility. Awesome. That's all I needed. That's all I needed. <laughs> all right, Coach, this is a one-word answer for you. Nike, Under Armour, or Adidas? Uh, I saw that peeking out all night. Okay. <laughs> there it is. There's his answer. Under Armour. We've been an Under Armour um, school for, oh, gosh, probably 15 plus years um really happy with them great company uh kids love the gear so yeah i i would say I'm going. okay and my last rapid fire is 
the best Bronco game you ever called? Well, um, it would have to be Super Bowl 32. Uh, the Broncos, as you guys probably know, had uh, not been very successful in the Super Bowl. They played out in San Diego, and they were 13-point or they're about underdog to the Packers. And, um, you know, as Terrell Davis scored that last touchdown to put him up by seven, and then we hit the two-minute warning, and my color analyst at that time was Scott Hastings. He was headed down to the field to do – the interview was down in the field, and it hit me as a kid from Denver. I mean, I grew up in Denver. That these guys are two minutes away from winning a Super Bowl. How cool would that be? Because the Broncos, you know, back in the mid '60s, uh, in fact, their franchise was founded in 1960. But for the decade of the '60s, they were not they were not good. Uh, and then you know the four Super Bowl losses, yeah. and they were blowout losses. So people that are Broncos fans had taken a lot of grief. There had been a lot of heartache to be a Broncos fan. And so it hit me at that point, like, you know what? All of that can get washed away here in the last two minutes if they can find a way to get a stop on Brett Favre and the Packers. John so Mobley, that, that would, baby. John Mobley. Yes, that would, at John Mobley, it's right, knock the last pass down. Yeah. That, that would have to be, I think, just because of the magnitude of the game, uh, my favorite game. And, uh, Coach, my last one for you. We can't end without getting your Super Bowl prediction. Bengals or Rams? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, I am so amazed at what the Bengals have been able to do and have such high praise for Joe Burrow. Um, you know, on the other side, I think the Rams had to not only get to the Super Bowl, but they have to win mm -hmm. in order to validate, to make the trade for Matthew Stafford a success. I mean, they, you know, they, they go on the road, they beat Tom Brady and the Bucks. they come back home, they've lost to the Niners six straight times, they find a way to win that game. But all of that, to me, will not matter if they cannot win one more game in their home stadium in the Super Bowl. So I, I think the Bengals are very dangerous. Uh, but I think if I had to wager hard-earned cash <laughs> at this point, I would have to take the Rams – uh, to find a way to win that game. All right, okay. great. Thank you, Coach, so much for joining us. We appreciate you, you know, coming home in the snowstorm, hopping right on after uh, after your radio show. Um, we really appreciate, and best of luck to you. You bet. Thank, Thank you, you so much, me. Coach. You bet, and I appreciate the fact you guys cover high school uh, high school sports. I think that's very cool. So success to you guys. Thank, Thank you. you, Coach. Much appreciated. You, you bet. Good night. Night. Okay. All right, so we Coach have Logan. Coach Logan. And we actually have um, Coach Cordoba in okay, the awesome. room. So we'll bring him right in. So great guest, we, Coach Logan, talking about his program. Yes. So we'll get Coach Cordoba right in. Two Davids on tonight's show. So let's see if he is able to join. Looks like um, it looks like his camera. Oh, there we go. Hi, Coach. I was at audios connecting there. Okay. Hi, Coach. How are you? Hey, how you doing? Good. Thanks so much for joining us. We apologize for a little bit of a delay, but we appreciate you uh, waiting around for us. 
No problem. Uh, allow me to officially introduce you to our audience. We are joined here by uh, Coach David Cordova. He is a 2000 graduate of Kearney High School. During his four seasons there, he amassed a record of 138 wins and four losses. Over the course of his four-year high school career, he placed first, second, and third in the state championships, becoming a state champion in his junior year. He is now the owner of his own wrestling training club called Cordoba Trained Wrestling, which he's here to talk about tonight. Hi, Coach, again. How you doing? I'm sorry I'm just down. I have, uh, I just ended practice. Um... Kids are just leaving now. I had to rush them out of here. Tell them how to get on the call. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, no worries. We we yeah, we appreciate you, you finding you time like. for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, I threw them out of here pretty quick, and they're <laughs> really loud right now. I, I can turn the camera around. I can show you. Uh, yeah, I don't know how you. Yeah, there you go. So oh, we're, awesome. we're just cleaning up. Oh, that's we're just awesome. Cleaning up now. Well, you know what? And I just kicked them out. Yeah, you know what? You have a beautiful facility, and. Thank so you. you obviously have a passion for this sport and a passion for sharing that with young wrestlers. So I w was wondering to start, you could kind of like walk us through your days as a high school wrestler at Kearney to then like giving private lessons and coaching young wrestlers to now opening up this phenomenal facility in Fairfield. Can you tell us how that came all came to be? Yeah, I mean, started wrestling nine years old, picked it up, uh, came fairly easy to me. Um, and, uh, you know, I played baseball, football, but wrestling seemed the thing that came easiest to me. And uh, I remember in seventh grade year, I asked my dad if I can go to a wrestling club. And he uh, brought me to one in Fairfield where Chris Cafari was the owner and uh, kind of took me under his wing. And uh, ever since then, been working with him, went to Russia with him, went around the country with him. Um, I got to high school, like you said, you know, as a freshman, took third in the state, took second as a sophomore, won it my junior year. Unfortunately, lost in my senior year in the finals again. Um, but you know, I, I ended up going division one and, uh, didn't work out for me and, uh, came back home and wrestled division three at Montclair state. And I got into high school coaching after that. And, um, when I, you know, I was a head coach at St. Mary's for a couple of years in Rutherford. And then finally, you know, it was either, all right, get a real job or do something you're really passionate about. And, um, so I started just like working at different high, uh, like, different wrestling clubs and helping out, you know, their programs. And about four years ago, my fiance and I were, you know, you know, together around two years already. And she just said, Hey, why don't you just, just, you know, save up and just kind of do something on your own. And, um, we did. So we found a, a little spot in little falls, um, just like a little back office area. And we started with like 10 kids and, uh, we grew out of it real quick within a year, and then we wanted a bigger place. So we ended up in Fairfield um, on Route 46 and uh, found a bigger location. And uh, it's just been great ever since. Been here two years now. We got over 150 students, 45 girls, um, and we're just continuously growing. And uh, obviously, it was tough during this pandemic. It was crazy, but we survived, and uh, we're, we're looking forward to the future. Nice. Awesome. Um, coach, again, thank you so much for coming on. I actually work in the Carney school system. So like your name and we always talk wrestling, the Cordova name always comes up as the, you know, cause you're, you're Carney's only state champion, correct? Only. Yes. Only was. Um, yeah. and, um, well, so uh, officially, officially because Jacob Cardenas, which is one of my, uh, my students is a Carney kid, but he won two state championships for Bergen Catholic. Yeah. And, and Mullins, Jimmy too, Mullins. right? Jimmy Mullins, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, so that's awesome to be the only one. And um, 
Can you just coach? Uh, can you go over a little more in depth about what uh, Cordoba uh, training uh, trained wrestling is? So we're open twelve months out of the year. We uh, there is no off season for these kids. Uh, these kids, we got kids that are here all year long training, and we compete all summer, all spring, all over the country. And uh, you know now they're in season right now, so basically they go to their high school or rec practices, and they come straight afterwards for more work. Um, they do it, obviously, you know, not only for coaching, but they do it for different partners. They work out with the same kids every day at practice, and they want different guys from different towns, and it pushes them. So uh, we start them at five years old, and all the way up to high school. We do train MMA girls, and we train, um, you know, college people. And, um, you know, newly started working with girls, you know, uh, about about a year ago, and I know we're going to get into that, but girls wrestling is blown up in New Jersey and all over yeah. the country. So uh, we seem to be have, you know, to have the premier uh, program um, in the state, uh, but it's growing everywhere. Every club is growing and, uh, you know, we're just, we're here six days a week and just training. That's great, Coach. And it's actually a perfect segue into my next question um, about the girls' wrestling side of wrestling blowing up. Um, you know, we last year we had a couple of female wrestlers on, um, even from last year to this year, you know, so um, seeing they have their own state tournament. You know, it's just, it's amazing to see. I feel like in the past couple of years, you know, you've seen girls and you could call them trailblazers. And now they've already, I feel like, um, impacted these young girls who, like you said, if I'm not mistaken, you have like elementary school aged girls who are already training with you. So I was wondering if you could speak a little bit about like how that has transpired, what you've seen, and if you really see it continuing to grow. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it's, you know, when I was younger, there was, um, see like, uh, when I was younger, they, the, there was girls that wrestled and there was girls, like, it was even a girl on my high school wrestling team, but it was just something like they just did, um, you know, just to be a part of something. And I got friends of mine that are now in college and past college that wrestled in high school. And, you know, it was, it wasn't popular. Like, you know, one really kind of gave them the time of day and, 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 you know, so girls were only starting like freshmen, juniors, seniors in high school. And by the time they even started getting somewhat good, they were already graduating. And back then there was nobody wrestling in college anyway. So it was, they were done for them, but they learned a lot of good life lessons that, that, that they talk about to this day. And when they look back and they see this, uh, the way the girls are booming, um, they're, they wish they could go back in time and do that. And the good thing is that those girls will then have and will have kids of their own and if they have a daughter you better bet they're gonna be starting them really early <laughs> they're, they're starting at five six years old and and everything mma too and you know i train a girl erin blanchfield she's only 22 years old she's one of the top ufc prospects in the country in the world i mean and you know she's only 22 so she's one of the youngest girls in the ufc and you know back in the ufc back in the day you weren't good until you were 30, you know, but it's starting younger and younger. And these girls are trailblazers. And in 10 years, I can honestly see almost most high schools having a full girl squad and there will be full dual meets everywhere um, on top of all the tournaments they have. Because they have tournaments every Sunday now. The girls are competing every Sunday. So, which is like, it was non existent last year. 
Now they wrestle every Sunday. Wow. It's so, just grown at like an exponential rate. It's crazy. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Uh, Dr. John Taylor, he's the athletic director at Irvington High School, saying a lot of my wrestlers participate in club for that same reason. In high school matches, you may only see the top wrestlers in the state once a year. At clubs, they can see those top, top wrestlers each day. It's the best way to get better in the sport. Very nice. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, you know, I, I, I talk to these high school coaches and I say, hey, listen, you know, we're not against you. We're like, you know, we're here to help. Right. You know, like, we're, we're like, you know, we're just adding in flavor because you got to think about some, you know, some of these, you know, these coaches are, you know, they're with their kids three, four months out of the year. And we spend 12 months out of the year with them and we're with them all the time. So it's like, hey, we're going to prep them for you, man. And then and then when the season comes around, they're all yours. And yeah. we could we could be a team together. We don't we don't have to be like, hey, you know, don't go to the club, don't do this, don't that. I mean, we're all in this together. Grow wrestling, whether it's boys or girls, we're all on the same team. And, and to be honest, to make an even bigger picture, we're just trying to help New Jersey wrestling be the best. Very nice. Um, Dave, question: How rewarding is it for you? Uh, and you and all your coaches there, but I guess, you know, we'll, we'll speak, we're talking to you. So, you know, for your answer, how rewarding is it to see your wrestlers um, succeed and grow? Whether it's, like you're saying, they're in the younger kids in some kind of tournament, high school, whether it's states or just in their high school matches. How rewarding is it for you when you're training these kids, you're getting them ready and you see them succeed? You know, some of these kids, you know, you, you have them since they're little and they and you see how far they've come since they first walked in here and you know some kids they come in out of shape um timid nervous insecure um and when you start seeing all these changes in them not even wrestling just changes in life and the way they are how they they're more um you know just the what's the word uh they're just more they're more outgoing now. They're more confident in themselves. And then they bring it to school. They bring it to day-to-day -day lives. And, and you know, we talk to the kids inside and outside the wrestling room. And we, we, we're, in, we're in their lives pretty much all the time. We know everything about them. We know their grades, their parents. I'm on the phone until, like, 12 o'clock at night talking to parents about <laughs> wrestling. And they're calling me 6 a.m. in the morning. This is a full-time gig. This is not three hours and I'm done with it. It's, it's all day long that I'm talking to parents. And, um, and you help parents out. You, you, you kind of, like... You know, walk them through the sport of wrestling if they never wrestled before, and tell them what to, what to expect out of their kids and stuff like that. And and you know, watching the kids succeed and watching the kids become, you know, they don't even have to be state champs. You know, they just if, even if they make varsity or right. if they or if they had twenty wins this year or you know, the, the state champ is the icing on the cake. But like, just watching these kids grow and get better year after year, and wrestling's not easy. So to even see them last that long in a sport of wrestling is a job in itself because it ain't easy to last that long, especially if you start at a real young age. Uh, Dr. John, I'm sorry, John, I'm just reading one more comment saying girls wrestling is one of the best things the NJSIAA has passed in recent memory. At our matches, when the girls hit the mat, the spectators are into it. Our girls are competing each weekend and they love it. As many girls, I'm sorry, as more girls see the passion their friends have, our numbers have grown. I now have 17 girls on the team from all walks of life and athletic backgrounds. Oh, that's awesome. And Jen, very by nice. the way, our good friend Dan Worley saying what's going oh, on. So what's nice. up, Dan? Hello, Dan. Thanks for watching. Pop popping in. Um, Coach, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your staff that you have at Cordoba Trained. So my fiance, like I said earlier, is is my, you know, 
at Rock here at this gym. And um, she was a huge fixture of getting this girls program started. We started with one girl named Emily Santos. She wrestled now at Morris Knoll. She's a seventh grader. She came in here very timid, scared, only girl in the whole program, and really was just like, you know, did, you know, was just trying to fit in. And there was a point in time, she was coming all the way from Secaucus all the way over here. And it was a far ride on, on that, you know, that Route 3 traffic, uh, Route 46. And, you know, they'd take an hour to get here. And uh, my Not fiance to interrupt you, was, Coach, but we, yeah. we picked our whole location based for where we live based on that Route 3 yeah. traffic. Okay, sorry, yeah. go on. Yeah, so it's funny, it's funny, it's funny you say that because they, they were going to move uh, to somewhere far away, Hackettstown or something like that. And because they built such a relationship with my fiance and me, they moved to Rockaway to be closer to us. Wow. And, That's great. And, nice. and, they, and, they, and from that girl, we snowballed up to 45 girls. And Misty was kind of a huge factor because, you know, it was all boys. I'm a guy. I was coaching the room. And she's a girl. So they... You know, they, they, they felt she felt comfortable being that there was another girl in the room mm-hmm. and that's what led her to stay. And then and then she brought her little sister in and then you know the rest is history now. But so Misty being one of the, the you know the main reasons we are where we are now and I just um you know talking about me being a wrestling club, how how the world comes around is uh Christofari, who was my high school uh and, and youth club coach in Fairfield. Um he was an all American TCNJ Bloomfield guy. He uh, owned the wrestling school, and now he works for me now as my assistant coach. And, uh, you know, life came full circle. So he's here on board with us. Um, we just hired Nick Monteleone. Uh He was a wrestler for Hackensack in Springfield University. Um, amongst other people that come in and out of this room, uh, you know, we got a, a nice little staff that kind of can work with the very beginner, beginner kids and have the patience for that uh, up until the very more experienced kids. And the new venture we're on teaching girls wrestling, which is a whole nother animal in itself for many reasons, good and bad. Good and bad. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I was going to ask you one, like why Cordova training, uh, train wrestling, but you kind of answered it already about like why it would be awesome to work this. So I'm going to go a little different Avenue with you. So yeah. I know you were saying you get involved with the parents and you're, you're it's a 24 hour job. How is it like going to matches? Like, do you go to like say high school matches or if they're in the little tournaments, like for the little kids and stuff like that? And two, does it, do you guys have it where, you know, you may have two high school kids say it's, I'm just throwing names out like a Carney and a Harrison kid where you're training those kids, but those kids are going to wrestle each other <laughs> and, you know, in a high school match. Does it happen or it doesn't really happen like that? Everything you say happens. Everything you just said. <laughs> so... Let's start from the beginning. I do go to all, I go to matches every weekend. I go to tournaments for the youth kid. I even go to the, the they're called jamborees where little kids are like literally 300 kids in one mat. They're like little ants. And, and some people are like, what are you doing here, man? This is like, this is meant for like crazy moms and dads. Like you need to like, like you're a club coach. You should be at like a big tournament somewhere. I said, dude, listen to me. This is where the foundation's built from the youth program, you know, and, 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 and I need them when they're that young. And, and then the parents just love the fact that we're there at those, at those events and, and we don't like, you know, kind of just like pass them by. Um, uh, and as far as uh, kids wrestling each other, this happens every single day. And it's not two kids. It's three, four, five, six kids deep, you know. And, and it's, it, it really stinks because, you know, 
you want to see them all succeed. You want to see them all win. But right. at the end of the day, they all they all want to win a state championship, and they all got to get past each other. And um, it's tough. But I just tell them, listen, you guys are both trained, and and it's you know everybody knows that you you wrestle different than you wrestle in the room in a real match. You know, so like who steps up and who the one who's the one that that can come through in a real life situation and let the best winner win. And the worst is when it, it's like in a state tournament, you know, and it, it's like, you know, that's when it's like, you know, like really meaningful and whatnot. Right. Um, and now that all these girls are here, it's just like, they're all in the same weight class and they all want to win. And, it, but you know, I tell you what, the girls, if you go to any girl tournament, win or lose, some of these girls are like hugging each other you know, like high-fiving each other after the match is over, and they're, like, giving me big, huge hugs, and then they're, like, friends on Snapchat and Instagram. So you weren't doing that back in high school. You weren't doing no that with the way, guys, no. I hated you. I didn't want to be nowhere near you. Don't talk to me. I don't want to be friends with you. And this social media now, it, these kids are friends with each other on Instagram, and they're about to wrestle each other the next week, and it's, like, it's, it's, it's crazy because, like, you know, when you step in a circle with me, I just cut weight. I, I, I trained all year long for this moment. I don't want to be friends with you. Well, I, maybe I'll be friends with you after the match, but not during the match. Maybe. And <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. See, but, how, that, see how the result goes before you yeah, say maybe, Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it, it's funny because I, you know, I just browsing through YouTube the other day and, uh, and I don't really have any matches of me in high school because I'm. I feel like I'm old now. I'm about to be forty in July, um, and like I wrestled in two thousand. So, you know, all of a sudden I just I type my name to look for something else, and then my state final, my sophomore year comes on. So think about that. That's like nineteen ninety eight, and and it comes on. That's the one I lost, and I watch it, and I couldn't sleep all night long. And I and 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 I and I, and I, I wouldn't stop thinking about it for like a week. And I'm like, you were like 16 years old. Why the hell are you still pissed about it? I'm still pissed about it, you know. And 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 I'm like, and I'm friends with the guy. And I, and and his son's wrestling now. And his name's Oliver Ruiz. We're really good friends. And uh, and I'm still mad about that match. And I can't get over. It. I looked over my fiance. She's like, why would you watch that at one o'clock at night? <laughs> She's like, now you're not going to bed. And I'm like, I'm not. And then we started chatting about it. She's like. Are we really talking about yourself when you're in high school? I'm like, yeah, we are. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's the, the, you know these these kids these days. You know, it's it's a different world, and you know they know who they're wrestling. They know everything about their opponent. Um, when we were younger, we had to wake up at six o'clock in the morning to get the star ledger in front of Krausers and 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 see who you were wrestling. And you didn't even know what that guy looked like until you stepped in the mat with them. You know, because there was no internet, there was no pictures, no nothing. You know, so. I was like, oh, this is the guy I've been reading about for years, you know, and, and you get out in a circle and you do your business, but uh, it's a different world, but it, it's, it's good and bad, yep. I think. Yeah. Coach, we're going to do a little segment with you before we go called Rapid Fire for some more uh, fast-paced questions. Yeah. All right. First one, who is the best wrestler you ever faced? Best wrestler I ever faced was, oh, uh, wow, that's a tough one. Um, best wrestler I ever faced. This is supposed to be rapid, right? This is not happening rapid. I mean, listen, I had some. I wrestled. Um, oh my God, I wrestled so many tough kids. Um, you know, listen, when I wrestled Frankie Edgar in the junior, my junior year in the finals, 
Um, he, he was a gamer, man, and he, it was a tough match between him and I. We ended up going to college together and, and being roommates, and we battled in a room every day. Um, you know, and we still, we're friends, but we battle each other every day in a room. Uh, that was one of my toughest competitors. And then in the high school nationals, a couple matches. But I, I can't narrow it down. I have, I have many. All right, Coach. Okay. You, you're a wrestler. You make weight. You win your match. What would you want to eat first to celebrate? Oh, wow. <laughs> anything, anything in sight. Uh, you know what? Believe it or not, I, I'd want my mom's cooking. It was always like she knew what I wanted, chicken cutlets, uh, rice, and, and I'm, I'm Spanish, so it was always rice and beans and, and chicken and stuff like that. So, Because nice. uh, I knew if I ate that other stuff, I'd get sick to my stomach because I'd be eating right all year long. Uh, but when the season was over, Tampa Bell. <laughs> They go. got it blow up like every other wrestler do up. They do up, you know, and you look at me like you would never think that guy was the champ. You know, it's crazy. So you talk about food. Grew up in Carney, obviously yeah. Stasha's big sandwich place. Would you take yeah. Stasha's? Was a great one. Um, would you go Stasha's or would you go another one if you needed to go for a sandwich? In Carney? Or um, you know what? No, go anywhere. You're a Fairfield, You're, and give me a sandwich place. Which is, well, let, so, let's do this. Is Stasha's the number one in Carney? It was. Okay. I think it, I think it, I think it was. Um, and then, believe it or not, Midland Dairy has a good day. They do. Has a good sandwich. They do. Has good sandwiches too, you know? Uh, and then the other one on the pike, uh, Capaluti's. Capaluti's, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had, they had good ones. Uh, but I'm a cheesesteak guy, so like, uh, there was a place, Russo's in North Longwood. Um, oh, another all the time. Yeah. Love it. Yep. Love yeah, it. Yeah. So you might wait I mean, there. For, you might wait there for an hour and twenty minutes for your food. Yeah. But it, it, <laughs> yeah you better yeah. order it ahead of time. Well, the the good thing was that I had a short house in Wildwood. My my pretty much my entire life in North Wildwood. So I spent every summer there, like pretty much my whole teenage years and stuff like that. So all the girls that worked at uh, at Russo's were my friends. So I get the back door. Uh, there you go. Slip it out. Yeah, no line for me. Nice. No wait for you. So Russo's cheese, cheesesteak is my number one. Okay. All right, Coach, real quick. Yeah. I'm going to go off script on my rapid. Yeah. So now you coach in Fairfield. I am. I grew up in North Caldwell, went to West Essex, where Fairfield, and I teach in Fairfield, actually. So are you any Fairfield eateries that you're a fan of? Um, I mean, listen, we're always at uh, we're always at Piper Steakhouse. Um and uh, we're always at a uh, book tap house. Okay, yep, um, yep, yep. Which one of my buddies' sons that comes here from forty, uh, they, they 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 train here as well. Um, Fairfield, where else do we go? I haven't tried that place, Loomis yet. I don't know if that's good. I don't know. It's, what it's, was that one? Loomis. Oh, I don't I don't know that it one. It just Loomis just opened up right there. Uh, it's right down the road here. I'm on the way to Wawa on the right hand side. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you food. one to check out at Delhi Il Classico. Right. Have you been there, Il Classico? Why does it sound familiar? Where it's right that? on 46, where the uh, Dunkin' Donuts and the Walgreens is, in that little mini mall. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah I've been there. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good one. Oh, yeah, you're, you're right about that. You know what's funny about that place was, you know, you walk in there and just like everybody knows each other. Yep, yep, right? yep. <laughs> and, and like. I felt like I was walking into a scene as a panels. So <laughs> I go, I'm like, I'm looking there and and I walk in and I see my buddy Dave Farrow's picture on the top on the on the on the wall inside. 
And I'm like, yeah, this place is definitely a little nuts here. They got Dave's picture up in there. And uh, I, was, I, I was a little timid going in there. And then uh, I went in, and now I'm kind of cool with everybody there. Yeah. So They're, yeah, they're nice people there, very nice people and yeah, good food, are, lots of good yeah. food. My last yeah. one for you, Coach, next Sunday, Bengals-Rams. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Oh, man. You know, I'm just – I wish it was um, – you know, I, I wish the Rams were going to play. Uh, who did, that, that Rams just beat who again? Uh, uh, 49ers. I was cheering for the 49ers, you know, but I'm going to go with the Bengals. Not because I'm a, you know, like, see, my fiance is from Ohio, so she's a, a Steelers fan, but she's she's a, she's an hour away from Pittsburgh, so she's a huge Steelers fan. Um, my Giants stink, so that's why I stopped cheering for them. And I've been cheering for the Steelers all year long. Uh, so if I'm going to stick with Ohio, I, I want the Bengals to win. Um, just because, you know, just for her, I guess. But, yeah, I'll be watching. All right, and Coach, my last one for you is a true rapid fire. You have a multiple choice question. Your preference, Nike, Under Armour, or Adidas? Under Armour, all day. You know, uh, just Under Armour is everything, you know, and we try to get all our gear in Under Armour, and um, we, every time, we go to tournaments in Pennsylvania every single weekend. And we're always in the Pocono Mountain area, and we're down by the outlets. Oh, nice. So every time we go out there, me and my fiance come back with loads of stuff from Under Armour, and we just get it embroidered with my logo on it. And, uh, you know, it's the only thing that fits good. But Adidas, I mean, you got to love the rest of the shoes. Uh, Nike, Nike, uh, you know, it, not too much wrestling, more, more, more Adidas and, and Under Armour. All right, great. Coach, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Yeah. It was a pleasure to have you. We wish you continued success with uh, Cordoba Trained. And please keep up the good work. Yeah, and we'd absolutely wrestlers. love to catch up with yeah, you again. Absolutely. Some of your wrestlers yeah. and stuff like that. You guys you guys are more than welcome to stop in any time, um, film a segment. I told the girls that um, I was going on to talk to you guys. A couple of them wanted me to do a shout-out to them. Uh, awesome. Lucia. Chi-Chi, she wanted me to say something before you. Uh, Asia Torres. Um, who else did that say something to me? Uh, Jennifer Lari. Um, it's just amongst them. You know, they're, just look out for the Cordova Train girls because we're going to be winning a lot of state titles this year. Um, and we're looking to sweep the first uh, two weight classes and a couple up top. So just uh, look forward to that and uh, our boys down in Atlantic City in March. No, awesome. We'd love to come do that, step down and uh, get some of the kids sure. on. Absolutely. Yep. Awesome. awesome. All right, Coach. Thank Thanks you so much. Guys. Thank you. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so Dave Cordoba, um, two great guests tonight. Yeah, You know, absolutely. unbelievable, two great guests. And uh, that was a great show. Yep. Great so, show. Thank you to uh, Coach Logan, of course, Coach Cordoba, and thank you, everybody, for watching. And we will see you guys next Tuesday night. Good Have night. a good night.